Hello and welcome to another episode of Save Station Report, where this week we will be discussing Showcase on Showcase on Showcase. Once again, lots of showcases. Uh, the video game industry loves those, but we will also be ta touching on things like the Apple v. Epic court case, which has just uh, concluded as far as I understand it, and as well as the games we've been playing. Of course, I am your host, Dustin, and with me is Connor. Hello there. And Connor, you have a cat with you, if I yeah. understand correctly. Yeah, if you hear her sneezing, that's just her. <laughs> so we actually have a third member to this podcast. Welcome, guest. Uh, and yeah, let's talk about what we've been playing. Um, we have both been playing a game. Uh, a rather infamous game, I would say, from the last week. Why don't we talk about Sonic Colors Ultimate? Um, we both played the same platform, right? PS4 on PS5? Yep, that's the version I played. Yep. Um, uh, it is Sonic Colors. <laughs> I, yep, it sure is. <laughs> yeah, um, so to preface this, before this game came out, there was like an early access period where if you paid more, you could play it early. And a bunch of... Um, Footage came out about this game, specifically around the Switch version, where it seems like it's, it had a lot of problems. Um, you might have seen this on Twitter. Uh, and then it came out that maybe that the version was being captured off an emulator. Um, and then it came out that, like, yeah, it was. Uh, the main version still has some problems, but they're not as bad, but they're still kind of bad. So, so there's kind of a whole mess around this game in terms of glitches and stuff. I will say, playing the PS4 version on a PS5, I had zero problems. Yeah, I had absolutely no problems with this when I played it. The frame rate was fine. The graphics were fine. I only had a minor issue where, like, one sound effect played louder than it was supposed to. Um, and it was kind of annoying. Like, you just had to move away from the source of the sound effect because it played over the music. But that was the only, like, actual glitch I noticed. Everything else was fine. Yeah, and I, I didn't have that even. So, seems if you're playing on a current gen console, at least you you'll be fine with this one. Uh, maybe avoid the Switch version for now until that stuff solidifies. I know Sega have said that they're going to be updating things. I wouldn't buy it based on that yet. <laughs> you know, I'd wait. Um, yeah, this port was done by uh, Blind Squirrel Games, and apparently they have like a in-house engine that they ported the game with and the engine is not fully optimized for switch it was mainly built around like the ps4 xbox one and pc architecture so that's why the switch version has a lot more glitches but uh so yeah just keep an eye on that if you're interested in that version otherwise you know the ps4 version runs great from what i tested runs great and looks great it's a it's a really nice version of it um it's one of those things where I was looking at it and I'm like, I don't really see any differences here. And then the game actually kind of shows it to you firsthand because the cutscenes are not remade. They're from the Wii. Um, but they take place in the same environment, so you can really see the difference. Oh, and... man. Anything like just being ported off of the Wii? Because the Wii only outputted something stupid like 480p or something. So anything being pulled off of that console is uh, improvement. Yeah, totally. But even stuff like they've updated lighting, like now like neon lights cast bloom and stuff like that. Like it, it just looks pretty nice in gameplay. Um, and yeah, contrasted with the cutscenes, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, now I can really tell. Um, which, which is cool. Um, 
I, I I enjoyed my time with it. Um, just overall, I will say, I I'm a bit disappointed. I feel like playing this game again made me realize maybe Sonic Colors isn't as top tier as it I used to think it was. Yeah, um, and which I was, I'm a little bummed about. And I was curious because I tried to play the Wii version several years ago, and I never finished it. Like I just didn't get super into it. Um. And then playing it again this time, I kind of realized why. I'm like, oh yeah, the level structure for this game is really like stretched out in a weird way to where it feels like each zone had maybe two acts worth of content that then they stretched out over six. Yeah, it, it feels like, because it's, it's already like a maybe four hour game, maybe, um, and yeah, it definitely feels padded even with that length in mind. Um, but I would say even things like control, like the 2D platforming is so floaty. Oh, well, it's floaty, but also it has a double jump that just never really works. The double, yeah. And the problem with it too is it's the same, to activate it, it's pushing the jump again, which is the same as the homing attack. Oh my and god, were... I found myself homing attacking enemies instead of double jumping all the time. Yeah, which there are a couple instances that, that would screw you in. And like, the the floaty platforming, it's possible to get used to it. Like, by the end of the game, it was fine, but it just feels off and wrong. <laughs> Those first couple levels, like, like they make the game harder than it should be. Um, which is unfortunate, and I, I just found myself kind of like, oh, this is just... I don't know, it's one of those, like, it was better in my head, <laughs> you know? Um... Which is a shame. It's still pretty good. I'm not saying it's bad, but it is definitely one of those things that I think has aged worse um, over time. Yeah, especially when you compare it to things that came, the game that came after it, which was Sonic Generations. And Sonic Generations is a fantastic game. Yeah, and I know that because I replay that game almost yearly. And so yeah, I think and... like in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, Colors, it's was Generations was right after that. I love Generations. I'm going to love colors again. I'm like, oh, there's actually quite a bit of improvement between the two. Yeah, so I would say if you're curious, obviously it's great that it's on more modern platforms. You don't have to get a Nintendo Wii out for it. Um, obviously that's great. Uh, you know, it's it's one that if you're curious, this is a great version of as long as you're not playing the Switch version. But, you know, those there are some negatives to it. Yeah, totally. Um, let's save the other big game of the week till last. Um, I yesterday started up Sonic Colors. Oh, sorry, Sonic Colors. Super Metroid. <laughs> Super Sonic Colors. Super Sonic Colors. Yeah. Uh, Super Metroid I started up yesterday. Um, in my quest to try to play all the Metroid games before Dread comes out. I lost some time there because we played um, the Axiom Verd games, and I'm like, I can't do another Metroidvania on top. Oh, um, yeah. No, that's that's fair. I kind of hijacked your Metroid. Yeah, so so I started that yesterday, and I'm having quite a better time with it than I did the first time I attempted to play it. I attempted to play this when it came to Wii, the Wii U Virtual Console, and I kind of fizzled out halfway through and was annoyed with it. Um, this time around, I'm having... And I, and I think maybe it's just because I've been playing a lot of Metroid and Axiom Verge this year. Um it's 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 kind of got me more in that mindset so I, i'm kind of checking through it pretty f relatively fast at least what i assume is a fast pace um i have the gravity suit i don't know if that tells you where i'm at um, oh you're you're pretty far okay cool yeah uh, and i'm having a fairly good time with it i still think it has some of the problems that annoyed me last time around 
Um, I think control is weird in that game. Um, specifically aiming up and down with the shoulder buttons just feels weird to me. Um, though I will say, I was a little shocked that this game allows you to remap buttons. Yeah, in the actual... Like, like in, in the ROM, it's not the... Uh, I'm playing it on the Switch, so it's not the Switches that I'm doing it through. I'm doing it through the game. Yeah, which is really nice because I think the default Super Metroid control scheme sucks. <laughs> so. It sucks. It's really bad. <laughs> so yeah, thankfully uh, you can you can remap that stuff yourself, which I did immediately. Okay, and, good. And, yeah, and I'm having a pretty pretty decent time with it actually. Um, I I really enjoy the the sort of how direct a continuation it is from the first Metroid. Um, I think that's pretty fun. I didn't realize that like this takes place on the exact same planet. <laughs> um, yeah, you just revisit the first game basically, but with better graphics and new level design. <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of like Zelda, I guess, in that way. <laughs> like, oh, it's all the same places; they're just different, kind of. Um, yeah, but it, it's fun. I'm I'm enjoying myself. I'm hoping to get through this and Fusion before Dread comes out. Um, we'll see. There's a lot of games coming out. There's too many games. It's fine because, I mean, you're almost done with Super Metroid, and then Fusion is like two to four hours, so. Yeah. Um, You'll probably blast through it. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying Super Metroid, because it's, it's one of those classics that I feel like everyone's like, oh, it's one of the best of all time. It's a major classic, and then you actually play it, and you're like, well, you know, it doesn't quite live up to that level of hype but you know there is still some merit in playing it so yeah yeah definitely um and and, you know currently i still think even though i'm chugging through this faster and enjoying it more i still think it's probably below zero mission and samus returns the other two i've played so far um but i still like it so i'm having a good time with that so far that's fair zero mission has remained my favorite 2d entry in the series so I've really enjoyed Zero Mission. I, I think about that one quite a bit, especially when we've been playing these Axiom Verge games. I'm like, oh man, Zero Mission was really good. It's really uh, good. Um, I also finished up Judgment, which I started talking about last time on this podcast. Judgment rules. Judgment is so good, you guys. Go play Judgment. I think right when I finished it, I was thinking about it, and I was like, mm, I still don't think it's better than Yakuza Zero, but it's definitely up there. And, like, a couple days removed, I think Judgment's my favorite one right now. Um, Judgment is awesome. I can't recommend it It's your favorite Yakuza enough. game? Yeah. Dang, that's pretty high praise. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, it, it. It has some things that I know some people don't like. Some of the detective elements feel just kind of laid on. I like that personally. Um, you know, they're kind of more superficial than they are actually mechanically interesting. But um, I like that because I just like the beat em up with the flavoring of a detective story, um, which is kind of what it is. Uh, yeah, I, I really love the story. It's like a lot of their stories. It's it's heavily dependent on twists and reveals, and it's just so much fun. Um, I really liked Talk as the main character. I feel like he's he's really charismatic and, and really interesting, and I, and I think a nice sort of a nice departure from Kiryu from the other games, who's also great, but, like, I really like the the difference between the two of them. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it was just, it was great. I had a, such a phenomenal time with it. Um, 
you know, I, I think the only parts of it I don't love, like it's it's there's a lot of chase sequences which are very quick time event heavy, which are like fine, but other than that, I I had a phenomenal time and recommend it. The characters are all super fun, the story's super fun, um, the combat's a lot more fluid in this one. Like talk can now like uh, wall kick off walls and then jump onto enemies and like it 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 has this fun like kinetic energy to it that some of the Yakuza games have felt a little bit heavier um, whereas Tuck is a lot lighter so he can do this acrobatic stuff and it, it looks cool um, you know it has that same super ultra serious story that'll then get interjected with some zaniness you know some goofiness uh, through it and yeah it's it's a great game highly recommend it nice yeah that's one that has caught my eye but I've also never played a Yakuza game so I'll get there <laughs> Yeah, you really need to. Um, um, are you playing Lost Judgment next? I want to. There's so many games coming out, though, that I'm not sure if I'll get to that one right away. But yeah, that that is definitely the plan to play that soonish. Um, all right, let's talk about the game of the week. I'd uh, say. I have I have one more game. Oh. Oh, you do. I, I apologize. Uh, yes, tell me about this one. This is another one I'm very curious about. Yeah, this is a recent release. It came out uh, just this last couple weeks. I don't remember the exact date. Uh, this is Lost in Random. Yeah, this is the EA original thing that they showed off a couple months ago. Yeah, it was in their one of their EA showcases. and um, It's an indie studio, but is published by EA, so it has you know EA money <laughs> behind it. Um, so yeah, this one was one that I was like, this is... I'm curious about, and then I was kind of in a lull between games, and it had just come out, so I'm like, I'll jump into this. And it's very cool. I think it's um, it's definitely not going to be for everyone. It's got a battle system that's heavily reliant on uh, like cards and that sort of randomness aspect, which I know is not going to be for everyone. Um, I like to think of it as more of a refinement of the battle system in uh kingdom hearts chain of memories which if you've played that game you know was very heavily influenced by cards this is less influenced than that game was where uh you get enough pips to roll your dice and then however many whatever number you roll on the dice is how many like essentially mana points you have to spend on your cards and as you gather points, you get more cards in your hand, so you can have up to five. Uh, you then spend those mana points on your cards, and it will give your character like a weapon, or put a trap in the environment, or just give you a passive buff. And then once you are done selecting your cards, you then go back into active battles where you are holding that weapon, or that status buff is happening. So then you're doing regular like combat stuff. So the is random it, chance is that combat like turn based? Is it no? So the combat is like your standard action adventure combat. You know, you can lock on, you can swing your sword or whatever. Uh, you also have a slingshot, so you can slingshot different weak points of enemies, which will give you points towards filling up your hand. Um, and then you just kind of take care of enemies that way. But it's really the random element comes in where. It's whatever weapon you're going to be using or whatever stat bonuses you're going to use. Um, and there are some ways to like 
get around that where later on you'll unlock golden pins so you can stick a card in your hand so it doesn't disappear um, so if you don't have enough mana to cast it you can wait until next turn like the next time you fill it up or if you just have enough durability on your weapon you could just swing and not have to roll another set of cards so yeah so the actual combat is not turn-based you're it's just what you're going to equip is turn-based if that makes sense right that sounds super interesting uh this yeah is definitely one... one that i want to check out i remember seeing it at that showcase like, that looks interesting i want to i want to play that yeah if you're unsure probably look up like a gameplay video of like the opening area and get sort of like a feel for the combat to see if you'd like it i feel like that would give you enough of a um idea of whether it's going to be for you but um outside of combat which i think is super fun it you're exploring this world that has a lot of really creative characters and a lot of fun dialogue and you're doing typical adventure adventure game type stuff you know um finding items for people or talking to people or uh, just kind of exploring the world there's also these little fish jars that are placed in various positions so you're kind of always keeping an eye out for them to shoot them with your slingshot to get some more money uh, so you're kind of looking around the environment wandering around and the environments are really really pretty um, they mask a lot of like they're pretty high detailed and they mask some of the um, draw distance issues with some really creative uses of fog which is not a new gameplay in, uh, element by any means but is used in great effect here um i love the art style of this game uh the writing is super super funny super uh charming and i'm i'm pretty hooked on the story and looking to see i think i'm probably about a little over halfway through there's um six areas they tell you that right at the start of the game because they're based off of the six numbers on a dice um i'm in area four now so nice yeah yeah, this is um, man, this is like for me, this is like the battle of the cool looking budget games with this and Fist, and uh, Kina coming out next week. Where I'm like, oh man, this is too much. Yeah, see, I was gonna get Fist, but then I was like, oh, is this one getting a physical? Um, and I looked it up, and it is. They're in talks to get a physical in production, but there isn't one yet. Whereas Lost and Random didn't have any plans for a physical. So I'm like, okay, I'll jump into this one then. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's that actually my... interesting to know. That might help me too. Um, yeah, that, that sounds awesome though. Um, okay. Now let's talk about Deathloop. Did you actually get a chance to jump into this? Yes. Um, real quick, are we doing a full episode on this or are we just... Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, we we we've been talking about what we're doing. It it just depends on schedule stuff. So I think we should just give our impressions, um, right now. And okay. yeah, we we may end up doing a full episode of this in the future, just depending on, you know, when we both finish it and whatnot. Um. So yeah, what's your initial feelings? How far in are you? I uh, am not you think? too far in. I'm about two hours. I've played for about two hours, which means I've basically done the tutorial. <laughs> And a little after <laughs> yeah. that. The, the tutorial is very long. long. Yeah. Um, so far, and this is a little unfair toward the game, I have been completely overwhelmed. Um, I, I I keep trying to start this game at like midnight, just because I'm a busy, which is not the right move. <laughs> Don't do that. 
so right now I've, I'm finding it a little stressful. It's It throws at you a bunch of mechanics and ideas kind of all at once, even though it has a very long stretch out tutorial. I still feel a little like, okay, what am I doing? Who do I go? Where do I see? Um, and so I still don't have kind of a grasp of it. And I felt like it has stressed, uh, stressed me out a bit. Um, if you don't know, this game is... It's Arcane Studio, so they're you know, known for making immersive sims. It is one of those, but it kind of pulls in some elements of like the roguelite genre um, on top of that. Uh, the idea is that you are caught in a time loop, and there are these eight targets that you need to kill to break the loop. Um, and so... Uh, sorry. Yeah, you need to kill eight targets to break the loop, there are four separate maps with four separate times of days. Uh, and the time of day affects the map in different ways and affects who's going to be on that map and where and all this stuff. So the idea is like you want to get all of these eight people that you need to kill lined up so you can kill them all at once or you know several in each area to make that simpler for you. It's kind of a game about planning and, and doing things to affect other people's schedules in a way. And uh, so, so it's kind of a lot. It's kind of a lot to take in at first because they're they're throwing the stuff at you like there are these maps and these maps and the people you need to kill can move between maps, which you can. But when you move between a map, time progresses. So, you know, you want to make sure you get everything done at the map you're on currently uh, that you want to do. Otherwise, you, you'll miss out. And it, it's it's kind of a lot all at once. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think... Um my experience specifically with like Majora's Mask, which is also a time loop thing that um, you can plan out people's schedules to. Uh, I kind of felt at home with that mechanic where I'm like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. You know, there's not an in like a real time counter for time progressing. You just have as much time as you need in this area. And then once you leave the area, it skips to the next time section. So once you're in an area, you don't have to worry about, taking too much time in the area which is good um so yeah i think um i think this might be a case of the tutorial being too involved like it teaches you it's kind of handholdy in trying to teach you all these mechanics and it can feel overwhelming when they're telling you how to do it so that when they take the hands away you're kind of floating like oh no there's so much that i don't remember um, I feel like if they kind of just let you experiment with it the first couple times, then you'd be doing all right. But um, yeah, so but the tutorial aside, I find it to be like a pretty cool. You know, it kind of takes that element of um, Arcane's game design where there's a lot of different ways of approaching an area and, and ob an objective and then giving you like multiple chances at it so you can do you can experiment with different ways to see which one works with you without having to, you know, like reload a save file in Dishonored's case or in Prey's case, play the whole game again. Um, if I feel like um, my first impressions playing through the tutorial and then the first couple hours after the tutorial uh, was, oh, this is a actual full game refinement of what Prey Moon Crash is. <laughs> That's what it seems like from the outside looking in. Yeah, um, I've played Prey Moon Crash. I know we didn't cover it for the show because we just ran out of time with Prey, but um, 
Prey Moon blame, Crash was... Blame Microsoft. It's not in the Game Pass version. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, Microsoft. Um, but Prey Moon Crash was another roguelike thing set using the Prey uh, universe. And that had a very similar feel where you're going through the same areas uh, only with different characters and different abilities and you have to kind of plan and... Uh, figure out what happens when or where and how you can use your different abilities to it and it very much feels like that except they're adding a lot more to that concept so as someone who liked prey moon crash uh this is i'm feeling at home i just need to you know get better at the game at this point yeah and it has a bunch of cool stuff like i can see where this game is gonna get fun combat wise um I will say, I do like that immediately. They're like, hey, there's no morality system in here. Don't worry, kill. Because <laughs> like, I feel like that has that, that's kind of the immersive sim problem for people like me as they go, there's a morality system here. And then I go, okay, so that means I don't want to kill anybody. And I've had this problem in Dishonored. I've had it in Deus Ex. Like, all these games, I end up like sneaking through and not killing anybody, which means I don't see the cool stuff. And I think that this is a game built around them wanting you to see the cool stuff. <laughs> Which I, yeah, I it's like. A, it's a time loop, so those people are going to come back the next loop, so you don't have to worry about them just being dead. Yeah. Um, and then I have, you know, walked across a couple of scenes where, like, they've killed each other. Yeah, <laughs> And, that's like, true. their dialogue is very funny, where they're like, what do you care? You're just going to come back tomorrow. Um, yeah, or you kill a dude, and then another dude off in the distance goes, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got a good sense of humor. Um, so far, I really have enjoyed the writing uh there's there's another rival assassin um called juliana who will invade your game and she can be a player or ai just depends on what you set that setting to uh but they have a constant back and forth in dialogue pretty much and so far i've really enjoyed that the writing has been fun they like jab at each other it kind of feels like the quips from like a marvel movie or something like it has that energy where it's just it just moves which i i like a lot um so shout out to that uh, yeah it, it uh we keep referencing prey i will say i this feels more like a successor to dishonored the, than prey to me um, yes which makes sense because i believe it is the other arcane yeah this is half, arcane leon not which arcane did, austin yeah um, which i don't remember what they worked on before prey but <laughs> right um, yeah. Also, if you watch that Prey documentary, or not the Prey documentary, the Arcane documentary by Noclip, you'll notice some, uh, like, carryover from The Crossing, which was a canceled game they worked on, uh, which is interesting. Like, I like that those ideas came back for this, you know, the sort of having other players invade your game and uh, the sort of pseudo multiplayer thing. Um, there's actually also a reference to the crossing in one of the areas, so. That's cool. Yeah, uh, as well as a bunch of other Bethesda properties like Doom and Ghostwire Tokyo and <laughs> Skyrim. Yeah, they like to do that, um, which, is, which is fun. Um, yeah, the, the world, the design of the world is cool. It's got this, like, 60s, 70s Art Deco look, which, you know, so did Prey, I guess. <laughs> Like a lot of immersive sims love Art Deco. I'm yeah, I'm seeing that it's either Art Deco or really grungy sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, you know you got your Bioshock with all that shit too. But I, I like that it, it makes a visually interesting and engaging environment. 
Um, yeah, and the way it leads the player is very like in your face, which I find is some people would be like, oh, it breaks immersion, but I find it to be pretty cool where it's like, okay, here's a door that's painted red and has lights pointing at it. Go there. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that Twitter thing? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, that was stupid. Um, <laughs> I, I think people like, I don't know why people get so up in arms about like helping new players. It's, it's wild to me, but whatever. <laughs> well, it's weird because it's like, okay, it very clearly tells you where you need to go but it doesn't tell you how you need to get there. So that's where a lot of the openness of like, um, like there's an area where you can get a key that opens all the doors in the area, but it takes away all of your superpowers, including your extra lives. So you could use it and then just not use your superpowers and be good and not die. Or you can try and sneak around and get around without using the key and like break different vents and crawl through different, like break windows and sneak around that way um so that's where that sort of um arcane level of game design comes in yeah it's cool i i I, i'm hoping that it'll click for me in my next couple of sessions with it i'm you know planning on blocking out more time because like the last so i tried to play it last night and i got about 45 minutes into a level and it lost basically which means i basically lost a bunch of time (laughs) And accomplished nothing, which was upsetting, and I went back to Super Metroid. So I'm hoping to, like, plan out a good chunk of time to really get into its systems. Um, Oh, I did that, too. I played for, like, a good half hour, 45 minutes, and then was just careless and got spotted by a turret and died. And I was like, oh, man, I lost all of that progress and didn't... Like, it basically auto-saves after you leave the, the area... Um, and you get all your extra lives back, but if you lose all your extra lives and then die, then you restart the loop. So yeah. I I did that and was like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, that, it basically means I have yet to experience a full loop of the game without doing the tutorial. Um, so oh, I'm hoping yeah, once I do that, it'll click a little better. Yep. All right. Let's talk some news. We got some fun stuff. Um Let's talk about that their PlayStation showcase um, that happened about a week ago. Really fun. I really enjoyed the showcase overall. Did you end up watching it or did you just watch the trailers afterward? Um, I watched it, but I watched it after it aired. So I just skipped over like a couple things that I was not going to be interested in, like Rainbow Six Extraction. <laughs> sure. Um, overall, I thought this was a... This was probably, you know, I think it's probably one of the best ones of these we've had this year. Um, Like I've said, I think when we talked about Microsoft's E3 one, I think these things, they need to show you, like, like there's there's a certain number of games you're not going to care about, just inherently, right? And I feel the same way, too. Like, I, you know, I think Rainbow Six Extraction is actually unselling me on the game every time they show it. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, you know, like, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, I was like, okay, it's not for me. But, like... For the most part, I was like, okay, there's a bunch of stuff in here that is for me, and I saw that around too, where like a lot of people were like, this is really good. There's just a lot of cool things overall, and I think it was successful in that way. It also just kept moving, which is super important for these. <laughs> I'm like, don't bore me. Don't linger on one thing for too long. Um, and, and overall, I, I would say the showcase as a whole was pretty good. Um, yeah, this was one that didn't have a lot of like surprises like i kind of expected to see some of the big hitters here but some of the surprises that were there were 
really surprising that I was like, oh, this looks really, really cool. Or, wow, I did not expect that. Um, there wasn't a lot of that, but when it did, it was very interesting. So, yeah, the pacing was very, very good. A lot of cool things in the showcase. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I will say, though, I'm saying nice things. That fucking commercial at the beginning. <laughs> what commercial was that? It was that? like a long-ass live-action commercial where it was like, like a live action like chess <laughs> oh yeah what was with that <laughs> it's it was it was like it was just like a commercial for playstation it was odd <laughs> I, which is weird because i'm watching a 40 minute commercial for playstation you yeah, don't need to it was sell me <laughs> very strange um, it was cool looking i liked its look to it it's just like i was confused as to why this was here <laughs> Yeah, and it is. It does have a bunch of cool Easter eggs in it. I will say, people have like found like the Sly Cooper logo and like just a bunch of like really fun little things in there. So it, it's worth combing through if you want. But it is. It was a weird thing to start off the showcase with. Um, but let's get into the real shit. Um, hey, that Kotor remake from forever ago that was leaked was officially announced. Um, I may- did not see the leak for this, so this was very exciting. Yeah. Um, no gameplay shown. It was just like, uh, dude from Kotor, I assume. I've never played it. <laughs> With a lightsaber. It's being made by Aspire, who's done all those, like, Star Wars ports, like Republic Commando and, like, Star Wars Episode One Racer and all that shit. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. I really want to see what this is. Because from, from them talking about it afterwards, it doesn't sound like it's just going to be an HD version of this game. Um... No, it's a remake, not a remaster. Right. I feel like that distinction is becoming more solidified as we go on. And, um, yeah, I think I, I'll be into this because I've never played KOTOR. I never really got into it, so this will be exciting to see. Yeah, I haven't either. I'm really interested. Uh, quick, do you think it will still be a turn-based game? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I feel like they might... I'm going to say no. Might, My prediction They might is Final no. Fantasy VII this and try and mix them. That oh that's that's interesting yeah I was thinking it would just be an action RPG but yeah maybe maybe they go for that um, really cool though I I have also never played it and have heard nothing but amazing things about the writing and story and stuff like that so I'm definitely intrigued. This um, next one was one that did catch me off guard because I had never heard of this and it looks very cool. Agreed. Um, when this started, I was trying to guess what it was. <laughs> Cause like there are shots that I'm like, is this a new near game? Is this near? yeah? The first opening, I'm like, is this a new near game? I saw that too, but no, this is Project and, Eve. Well, and then you look at it, you're like, oh no, this looks too good to be a near game. <laughs> <laughs> this is too good visually. Um, yes, Project Eve. Um, yeah, uh, character action, very Devil May Cry bayonetta looking. Um, it, it just looks cool. Um, it's made by a Korean developer uh, who I forgot the name of. Uh, so apologies for that. But yeah, it's, um, you know, got a very, very anime looking woman <laughs> um, running through very nice, like, apocalyptic environments. Um, yeah, and doing some cool combo-based combat. It, it looks neat. This is developed by Shift Up Corporation. Shift Up, thank you. Um yeah, but it, yeah, it, I love the style. It looks very stylish. It has that sort of over-the-top, just brutal like combat showcases where like here's a here's an execution that's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm very into this. It's going to be one to keep my eye on because some these 
uh, I feel like these character action games can be uh, pretty hard to nail. You know, sometimes they land like Bayonetta and Devil May Cry, but sometimes they don't. Like Astral Chain, I love, but doesn't quite land. Um, So it's one to keep my eye on, but I'm impressions were good yeah it, it looks neat um eyes on eyes eyes on that eyes. big eyeball the... had an eyeball with it disgusting um, uh we got i believe this is first gameplay of tiny tina's wonderlands i don't know why i was under the impression that this would be like a melee combat focused game no it's it's borderlands, it's borderlands. Guns. yeah it's just borderlands so when they started shooting guns i was like wait this is not what i thought this was um it's not for me um you know i i never did the tiny tita stuff in i think borderlands 2 i don't even think i got far enough to meet her and oh dang that's pretty early (laughs) yeah i have a weird relationship with these games where i played one and two but i played them with my brother who i love but we usually don't make it far in games (laughs) so i enjoyed one and two when i remember playing but i never i don't think i ever got too far in them um but I will I, say, it's my first exposure to Tiny Tina, and I don't think I like Tiny Tina. <laughs> yeah, she's one of those that like you either like or you just really dislike. Um, yeah, I I forced myself to finish Borderlands Two at one point, and <laughs> when you force yourself to finish a game, it's, yeah, not, it's not great. Good. Um, so yeah, I didn't super love it i felt like it got really repetitive especially in the second half so borderlands is not really my thing except for tales from the borderlands that one's hilarious tales from the borderlands rules Um, play that so this trailer wasn't doing much for me except for the music which is a baby metal (laughs) yeah it's a baby metal track that absolutely rips so yeah i was like oh oh this song (laughs) weird yeah i was like i've heard this song this song's really good so yeah i mean shout out to baby metal music in this trailer but the the actual game wasn't really doing it for me yeah i mean i know borderlands fans are excited to get a new full borderlands game especially so soon after three so that's cool i'm happy for y'all i'm just not yep. one of you there um, was another surprise that looks really really good oh this next one yeah um oh, i'm so excited uh forespoken yes this is that square enix game we've been seeing for a while now but we've only got it in quick shots this was a more substantial like story slash gameplay trailer um and it looks awesome this is from the final fantasy 15 team um and it looks like it definitely feels like it yeah (laughs) yeah um it is kind of a i don't know if it's technically urban fantasy but like a fish out of water like this is a woman from new york new york city who then gets pulled into this fantasy world um you know it's very um it's like a very YA fantasy novel plot, but like I'm into it. I love it. Um, and yeah, she's like, she looks like kind of like a witch or a sorceress of some kind. Um, she's like doing a bunch of cool magic with her hands. Um, lots of really quick, fast traversal it appeared to have. Um, she's got like a mist cloak on from like the Mistborn books where it's just got a bunch of tassels. It looks dope when she's running around the environment. Um, yeah, this one, this one looks awesome. I'm super interested in it. Yeah, the traversal options alone really sold me, where it's like, here's a grappling hook and wall running and just gliding. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you got me already <laughs> with, like, all the cool fantasy stuff. And, I mean, not the fa- the sort of, like, techno fantasy stuff. And then 
uh, some of the writing was cool. But then once they showed that, I'm like, oh, okay, you got me. Yeah. Um, also, writers include Gary Whitta, the writer of Rogue One, and um, Amy Hennig from Uncharted. So, oh, good cool. shit. Yeah. Um, spring 2022. So, um, so not too far away unless it gets delayed, which is likely. But which is very likely. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm excited for this one. Yeah, definitely looks awesome. Um, Rainbow Six Extraction. As far as I, I could s- tell, I don't think there's anything new here. Just uh, it did get a delay to January. Um, you know, it, it's Rainbow Six Extraction. If you've seen it before, it's Rainbow Six but zombies. Um, I watched okay. this showcase twice and I skipped this trailer both times. <laughs> I still maintain this game looks more interesting than like ninety percent of the zombie horde shooters that are coming out right now. That's good, I at least. I feel like we are inundated with those. At least, like, the Rainbow Six, like, tacticalness of it, I'm like, okay, this looks like it's at least a unique spin on it. I just feel like I've seen it a lot. I'm um, still looking forward to Back for Blood, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yes, officially announced, Alan Wake remastered. Fuck yeah, bye Alan Wake, you motherfuckers. <laughs> they really want you to. Um, I they... really want you to. Alan Wake is cool. Nobody played uh, it. <laughs> well, I mean, they put a bunch of Alan Wake stuff into Control, so now is the best time to get people to actually play Alan Wake. <laughs> yeah, Alan Wake is a neat game if you haven't played it. I think the remaster isn't full price, so just, just do it. Just do it. Um, it's out super soon. I it, So I, I do want to note, um, it got announced a couple days, but we didn't see any of it till the showcase like a couple days before. I want to shout out Sam Link, who is the um, like studio director at Remedy. He's like the Remedy dude. He is Max Payne's face. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, he announced this on an Alan Wake fan site. Oh, which that's is fun. Awesome. <laughs> like, what a fun way to do that. <laughs> uh, so, shout out to that. And that's out October 5th, so we don't have that much longer to wait. Unfortunately, right as like Monkey Ball and Metroid Dread are out, so that sucks, but. Uh, October 5th is, yeah, Monkey Ball, I think, is that same day. And then October 8th is Metroid Dread and Stongaropa Decadence. <sighs> and uh, the physical version of Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. So <laughs> so if you don't care about those other games and you do care about Alan Wake, then there you go. <laughs> Try Alan Wake, it's cool. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of hot new games, GTA Five. Uh, it's been delayed to March, which I thought, March of 2013. <laughs> Cause God, this game's been out for a while. Yep. Um, I don't think, I don't know if this package has really added anything new. So I, it's just like, why? But whatever. Um, got Wasn't a new trailer. Like a bunch for... of DLC for this game. I, well, it's all part of the online component, which is, you know, free. So oh, and it's it's here too. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, got a new trailer for Ghostwire Tokyo 2022. This one didn't really move the needle for me. I'm still excited for it, but I was like, okay, yeah, I'm. You <laughs> know. It didn't move it down, and there's no more room up. So yeah, <laughs> still interested. Um, it showed the villain. He was delightfully like a villain. <laughs> yeah, delightfully charming and cheesy. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. This game looks still still looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, got another Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. 
October 26th still. That date hasn't changed. Um, this is a bad trailer. <laughs> I think I either tuned out or skipped it. <laughs> it's bad. I, um, yeah, I'm just I don't think it's this. not a trailer that I'm like, oh, because the game looks bad. It's just I feel like the way it's was handled cut was weird. It's also using music that I don't think is in the final game because they wanted this to be stream safe. So it's like using a generic metal track thing. Um, oh, that's weird. Yeah, I'm still interested in this game, but like, I, I think the way they've been marketing it has been lacking. There is a talking dog, though. <laughs> Your mission is Yeah, from, so that's, that's cool. true. I did see that. Um, I'm still interested in this one. I just feel like the, the trailer was bad. Um, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, which we saw like 15 times during the E3 stuff. Um, that's coming to PlayStation sometime this year. I believe it's on PC now if you want to play it. It is a battle royale set in the the Vampire the Masquerade universe. If you care about that, um, it looks I mean, fine. I don't, but I know some people do. I I'm sad that the that like big RPG they were making seems to be having trouble because <laughs> I was kind of into that, but whatever. Uh, another Deathloop trailer, which is out. Obviously, we just talked about it. <laughs> uh, we got Kid A Amnesia Exhibition, which is like a weird Radiohead thing. Does yeah, this, this do is, anything for you? This is from Epic Games and Radiohead, and I am not sure what it, this is, if anything. Um, I believe wasn't there was a Netflix short from one of the people from Radiohead called Anima. Uh, that one was weird and cool so if there's like a weird game version of something like that i don't know <laughs> yeah it was weird the trailer doesn't really tell you much um it doesn't tell you anything <laughs> yeah that that's an interesting thing at the very least um we got uh another trailer for chia remember this one yeah this one's so quick cool. this one's really cool this is like the um breath of the wild but you can but Mario Odyssey. But Mario Odyssey, but you can also, like, pray morph into other objects and creatures. Yeah, um, it, it continues to look really cute. Um, you know, I don't really have a hint of, like, what the plot or anything is, but, yeah, it, it, this one continues to look interesting. Um, and then, after this, we get into, like, the Sony first-party studio stuff. Um, starting with... Uncharted The Legacy of Thieves Collection, which is Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy, um, which will be coming to PlayStation 5 and PC early next year. Um, good, more PC Sony games. <laughs> um, yeah, super cool. Cool. Yes, these are the best Uncharted games in my opinion, um, so I, I definitely recommend them. I am a little like, okay, so this updated package, that means you're not going to be updating these games for free, huh? Yeah, um, probably not. Which is a shame, because it doesn't look like super upgraded graphically, maybe just more frame rate wise. Which, you know, this game's looked amazing, and even in those trailers, I was like, yeah, God, Uncharted 4 looks really good. <laughs> so, maybe it doesn't necessarily need it? I don't know. Yeah, I think there were some, like, lighting improvements, but very minor stuff overall. Yeah, very fun games. I definitely recommend them. Um, and very cool to see them coming to PC. Yeah, just put more games on every platform you can get more people to play them yep definitely all right 
biggest surprise of the showcase. <laughs> yeah, you see the the Sony logo, you see the Insomniac logo, you're like, oh, here it is. Marvel Spider-Man 2. You get a shot and of a bar. You get the you get the Marvel logo, so you're like, yeah, it's Marvel Spider-Man 2. You get a shot of the bar, and then there's a dude sitting at the bar, and there's some, you know, voice a fight. or there's whatever. a bar fight going on. Yeah. And then the dude at the bar shicks out the Marvel War- Wolverine claws. What a hype announcement. That was so Yeah, fun. what the heck? That's the way you do like a like a like a cool ass like damn look at this thing <laughs> especially if you're not going to show gameplay like it's a couple seconds you're like oh shit it's an insomniac wolverine game <laughs> wild yeah well and it's such a like bait and switch for you think marvel spider-man 2 is coming out because they've been teasing it basically since 2018 <laughs> mm-hmm. um and then they're like oh yeah it's marvel and insomniac you're like oh cool i know what this is and then you don't know what it is <laughs> Yeah, that it it was pretty fun. Um, you know, short teaser trailer. There's a bunch of Easter eggs in there I saw. I don't know if it'll pertain to the main game. Like, I guess there's like a Hulk license plate or somewhere or whatever. Um, That's fun. So some fun stuff. There was some details afterwards. It's being written by the writers of Miles Morales. Um, I guess. So that's cool. Um, they did stress it was a full length game. <laughs> Based on that, I think people were speculating it might be shorter. Um, and uh, they said it would have a mature tone, which I, mean, I don't. It's Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, which I, you know, I, I not to be this guy, but I hope it's really violent. <laughs> Just absolutely. Gory. I want it to be gory as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I want to rip people to shreds. <laughs> it's Wolverine. He's got knives for hands. Come yeah. on. So I'm hoping for that that hard am. Um, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, yeah, very cool. Um, then we got a Grand Turismo Seven trailer, which, you know, I Did I don't. For neither me. of us care about cars, but it was a cool trailer. I guess the song was really epic for some reason. Yeah, this is another case of wow, they can make car games look really good nowadays. Yeah, doesn't make me want to play them, but man, these look good. Really nice looking UI. I'll give it that. Um, and then, as if to tell you, hey, you thought uh, Insomniac showing up with Wolverine was crazy. What if? What if we also just went ahead and announced Spider-Man 2 now? Because uh, yeah, Insomniac would be crazy. Because you thought you knew what it was, and then it wasn't that. But we're just going to also give you that. <laughs> yeah, so Inso- uh, we got a Spider-Man 2 trailer. Um has spider-man and miles morales in it and then venom right at the end um very cool yeah i I like seeing some shots of uh peter and miles teaming up and fighting some dudes yeah um very cool um they confirmed it was a single player game so uh not not a co-op thing with those two uh, that would yeah. be really weird to pull off an open world Spider-Man co-op game. <laughs> I think most people thought that's what it was going to be. That would be extremely difficult, and I do not blame them for steering yeah. away from that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd rather have it single player focused, honestly. Um, yeah, very cool. I'm I'm very interested, excited for that. 2023 is the date they put on it. Um, which honestly, of all the games we've talked about, I bet they 
they get their day because they're insomniac. Um, and then we ended on God of War Ragnarok and actually got some substantial footage. Um, you know, a, a real trailer this time, not just a logo. Um, with with lots of gameplay in it, and it looks great. <laughs> yeah, I was. I've actually been thinking about God of War twenty eighteen recently because I have a friend who's playing it, and I was like, "Oh man, this game was really good." So seeing some of that stuff again, I'm like, "Oh man, this game's gonna be really good." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twenty eighteen was incredible, so I'm I'm pretty excited for this. Um, showed some like newer, uniquer looking environments, like. Like looks like a more tropical setting in one bit. Um, there's a part where you're on a dog sled in the trailer, which is cool. Um, yeah, it looks like it's quite a bit after God of War One because uh, the the boy, uh, the boy, <coughs> seems a bit aged up. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, very excited. Um, I believe they said this is also going to conclude like the Norse saga for God of War. Okay, that's fair. Which, you know, get a nice little duology there. Cool. Um, so yeah, uh, I think they still said it's ne- next year. No, like, time period on that, which, fine, whatever. Yep. But yeah, great way to end up the sh- end the showcase. I had a great time with that. Um, I'm very excited for some video games. Yeah, and you know, makes me feel like oh they actually have more things planned for the playstation 5 <laughs> yeah and, and i mean they didn't show horizon um two which is a major game coming out early next year so they got stuff they got some stuff um but that wasn't the last playstation announcement this one wasn't in the show um this was kind of a just like a bummer <laughs> if anything uh this is <sighs> Wipeout rush <laughs> Yeah, wipe out rush uh yeah the feelings on this one are not super positive um i actually went looking for the trailer because it was uploaded i think sony uploaded it but the sony upload is gone (laughs) Hmm. that's interesting Um, which is really interesting but this is a mobile wipeout game wipe out the like zero gravity racing game um but it uses cards and is only on mobile devices and is supposed to be out in early 2022. Um, I posted a re-upload of the trailer. I'll have that in the description. It looks really, really bland. <laughs> yep. Which I also from... watched it too. It's card-based, which like, what? <laughs> yeah, but also like some merging gameplay, like a puzzle. I don't know. I could not grasp this. There's no real manual racing which is the whole point of a wipeout game <laughs> no it's wild i this is like this is one of those like head scratches where you're like who is this for because <laughs> it's not for wipeout fans yeah well and wipeout fans haven't had a new game right because the last one was the remaster on ps4 yeah it's it's one of those things where like man if you want to make a mobile game and like not piss everybody off don't pick a property that's been gone for like over 10 years like <laughs> yeah you're just hey, gonna you're make getting people a new wipeout game it's uh mobile and bad yeah like you're just gonna make people sad or worse angry and i yeah i understand that with this like because this doesn't look good and it's it's a bubber um especially it's like basically... i saw people like 
God, could you imagine a Wipeout game that actually, you know, came out and took advantage of the PS5 with all its cool ray tracing and hard drive stuff? Like, that would be awesome. It would basically be like if Nintendo came out on Twitter and was like, hey, we're releasing a mobile F-Zero game. Right. <laughs> and that's the other thing, too, is like Nintendo refuses to do an F-Zero game. PlayStation refuses to do a Wipeout game. Like, this genre, this kind of style of racer is, like, dead. And so it's to have basically... to be like... Here's a mobile game is like spitting in the face of people who want that. Yeah, basically it's a uh, fast RMX from 2017 and that's it. <laughs> yeah, really unfortunate. Um, you know, I guess there's like a maybe a small chance that people's ire toward this and like stuff will show that there's interest in Wipeout and maybe there'll be a what new one made eventually. I don't know. I mean, I the fact that the breath, trailer's but... gone too is really weird. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a bummer. Um, to wrap up the PlayStation talk, though, uh, this wasn't... Uh, the, speaking of things that are Ted, um, like car combat... Um, there's seemingly a new Twisted Metal game in development. Yeah, this is weird. Because <laughs> um, we got confirmation that a Twisted Metal TV show was coming out. That announcement was like several years ago, I think. Um, but apparently this was reported by Jeff Grubb and then corroborated by v- uh, VGC, Video Games Video Chronicle. Video game chronicle. VGC. I have it typed wrong in this notes. Um, Yeah, and apparently there's a new Twisted Metal game in development to coincide with the TV series. But the person who is asked to help with the TV series, like the lead director, was not informed of this. And he's like pretty upset about that. Why? Well, because he's like the main Twisted Metal guy, and like they didn't ever, they didn't tell him oh, about a new oh, game. Oh, oh, yes, um, David Jaffe, right? Um, yeah, yeah, he wasn't informed. Here, on let me a, tell you, hang on, David Jaffe was not informed or told of this because David Jaffe sucks. Okay, that's fair. He is not a good dude. <laughs> that I kind of got that feeling, honestly, but yeah, that yes, makes sense. He uh, basically, a couple of months ago, people discovered his YouTube channel. And it is not a good place. <laughs> okay. So, um, it's, so it's a good it's... thing he wasn't made aware, in my opinion. Okay, cool. He's not involved with the Twisted Metal game, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think they want him anymore. Um, you're fucking conservative gamer dudes. Oh, goodness. No thanks. Yeah. Uh, new Twisted Metal game, that could be cool. I mean, again, much like the Wipeout discussion, there's there's definitely an audience who wants those kinds of games and is not getting them. Um, so that that's cool. Uh, when also, was the last Twisted Metal game? Was that was the PS3, PS3 one? one? Yeah, which wasn't great. <laughs> so Okay, so it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I think like they just announced Anthony Mackie is going to be starring in that show. Um, oh weird okay falcon from captain america so i you know cool (laughs) um so you know they're they're putting some money behind that i guess so interesting um last playstation announcement playstation acquired another studio (laughs) lots of acquisitions happening um always they acquired a studio called fire sprite who i had not heard of (laughs) 
Yeah, I haven't heard this name. But there are 250-person teams, so they're quite large, um, from the UK. They helped with the Playroom, um, so the, like, Astrobot thing before Astrobot, um, and then the VR version of that. Uh, and they developed a game called The Persistence for PlayStation VR and also other platforms non-VR related too, which I skipped the trailer for and it actually looks kind of neat. Um, like a VR, sh- like a horror shooter thing. Um, and yeah, so they hired that team. Um, they said that they will be working on genres that are currently not represented in the Sony first party studios lineup, which okay. I- I'm going to guess they're making a first person shooter based on the persistence, but I don't know for sure. Um, but that's cool. I feel um, like that one's pretty represented. <laughs> not from first party Sony. I guess that's true. Um, I got a bunch of third person stuff, but no first person. Uh, yeah, so neat. Um, All right, ready to jump into some more fucking showcases? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to run through this THQ Nordic one real quick? I feel like that'll only take a second. Yeah, because we didn't really care or watch this. I didn't this. watch it. <laughs> I didn't watch it either, but uh, there were six games announced. They are Jagged Alliance 3, Super Power 3, MX versus ATV Legends, Outcast 2, A New Beginning, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake, and Destroy All Humans 2, Reprobed. Uh, any of these spark your entrance interest? Uh, you know... I've heard good things about the Destroy All Humans remaster. I've wanted to play it. I have some nostalgia for that game because I played it at a cousin's house <laughs> and uh, on his PS2. So I, I kind of have some memories of it and I've wanted to check out that remaster. So, And I've heard people like it, so that's cool. Um, that second one's also getting that treatment. Um, if that SpongeBob game ends up being like a half-decent platformer, maybe... It could be yeah. all right. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling. I have some memories for Destroy All Humans. I'll get that remaster someday, I'm sure. Um, and then, yeah, SpongeBob. If it's okay, if it's cool, then maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I don't know most of these, <laughs> so it's one of those things where, like, I don't know what Jagged Alliance is. Yeah, um, I think it's like a tactic shooter. One of you them's know. a tactic shooter. <laughs> um, you know. MX versus ATV, I vaguely know about because that franchise has been around for a while. Yeah. Every time I, I see one of those games, though, I do get a little like, should I pick up that one? I remember the PS2. You remember the PS2? Yeah, you played I some have, like ATV games on there. <laughs> I have a MX versus ATV game for the DS, I think. Sure. I believe so, that. yep, uh, sure. That's about all of the connection I have to that I series. Yeah. Um, I still am in amazement that THQ makes money. So good for them, I guess. Like, Fair. I, it kind every of blows time they me come away. Out, every time they announce something, I'm like, oh, you're still around. But, like, they're the Embracer group which keeps buying things. <laughs> but, like, I don't know what they do, really. Weird. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. Uh, but good for them. <laughs> I, I I wish them well. Um, 
Uh, this one was super fun, and I only learned about it today. This, this... Yeah, I learned about it about uh, 10 minutes before it aired, and then watched it, and it was cool. Yeah, I, I watched it after it aired um, with some coffee, and it was it was, it was was neat. Um, do you want to tell us about this 3D Platformers Direct? Yeah, this was something that I saw on Twitter, basically. It's um, a Direct, much like Hub World was not too long ago. Um, it's a Direct that's all about 3D platformers. This one is very, very much structured like a Nintendo Direct, though. Yeah, it, it really was. Like, it's even got the red and white, like, aesthetic. <laughs> oh, and the voiceover is, like, almost identical. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. It's very small. Um, I really would recommend people going and watch it, because when I watched it after the fact, it didn't have a lot of views. And I don't. I thought it was really neat, and I, I definitely recommend people checking out the video. Um, yeah, I'll leave a link in the episode description again. Um, Yeah, we're not going to touch on all of them, because they did show quite a few games. Um, What were some of the highlights for you? Well, we got to talk about the first game from uh, Energizic, um, from the creators of Anodyne 1 and 2. Um, uh, Sophony, I think? Sophony? Sophony? Yes, yeah, something like Sephony, that. Apologies. I think, is how they pronounced it there. Um, yeah, it is their new platformer. Um, 3D platformer, they're, they're like setting a lot of parkour in terms of how the movement works, so like wall running and stuff like that. Um, it also has a puzzle game element uh, when you talk to people, which feels very... That feels like something the creative Anodyne would do. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, it looks really neat. Um, did you play the demo of this? I did when it had a demo on the Steam thing, but it broke for me like 10 minutes in. So okay. I don't think I ever it talked about it, but like... It didn't break for me, but it wasn't really doing much for me either. Like the parkour is oh. kind of janky, um, but obviously that was a while ago so i'm yeah. hoping it's improved since then yeah um yeah i mean i'm excited about it um you know i ended i too was i i think that game is incredible so <laughs> definitely definitely has my attention um this next one iris the colorful dream looked really cool though yeah this one i like how the character design as it gained more colors it gained more detail like i thought that was really cool um, yeah, it's different. like a black and white adventure game, and then you you find colors to bring color to the world and your character. Um, and I think that really adds cute. different gameplay, like different level design as well, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, it looked cute. I'm definitely intrigued by that one. Um, skipping ahead here. Well, the one after that was Glyph, which has been out for a while and still looks interesting. It looks like yeah. you're just platforming as the morph ball. Definitely. Um, skipping ahead a little bit, Tamarin was really cute. Play as little monkeys, little Tamarins. Yeah, which has also been out, so if you're curious. Um, um one of the upcoming ones, Neko Ghost Jump. Uh, have you seen this one? Is this Prior the Super Paper Mario? Yeah. Yeah, this looked a lot better this time around. It got shown during one of the E3 things, and uh, it looked really janky, and I feel like this time around it looked, it looked a little better. <laughs> Yeah, this one looks pretty cool. It looks like um, they have this mechanic where you can, like, dash and just gain a bunch of speed. And, like, then it's all about trying to keep that speed up and switching between 2D and 3D all, off and on. And that seems really interesting. It's really cool. Um, I want to jump back a little bit this uh, to Gravity Labyrinth, which I thought looked kind of interesting. Um, it's, it's sort of a like a 
you know, like 3D platformer, like, um, but kind of like a, it's got that like open world design. Um, but like you can switch gravity kind of like Mario Galaxy or whatever, and you're just finding gems. It, it looked, it looked cute. It looked very much like the gravity switching in Luigi's Mansion 1, where you like find an item and then it flips it upside down. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one looks super cool. Super Sammy roll also looks pretty cute. Yes, very Sonic-esque. Yeah. Um, it's like if Sonic was uh, Mario 3D World. <laughs> like that's what. <laughs> there you go. Get making me think of. Um, uh, Miskatiny Tail. Yeah, this one looked cool. Um, playing as like a little robot dude, um, collecting bolts, and it looks very like Banjo Kazooie esque. I think they even said that in the thing. Um, it's got that like honey I shrunk the kids you're like in the backyard in a garden somewhere um, yeah this is like Dustin's shit 100% I love it I love it um, there's a shady raccoon called Gus big fan love of him <laughs> yeah very curious about that one um, there's a game called Slime 64 which I'm all in for <laughs> that yeah, shit looks hot looks cute. yeah um, you know uh, N64 Design graphic wise, but just looked like it had a lot of fun movement. Yeah, and some different abilities. Um, the other one was Droplet States of Matter. That's the one where you have different uh, abilities based on what state of matter you have, and you can platform around that way. Yeah. Um, and then a Snoot's Adventure. Uh, this one, the graphics weren't really doing much for me. They look a little uh, smooth almost. It <laughs> but looks... man very the early pla- yeah but the platforming looks really cool a lot of really good momentum based platforming and um looked like a lot of fun they specifically said it was inspired by skateboarding games so um, yeah it's like a half pipe when you're getting on top of buildings and stuff like that you know i agree the graphics look a little early it looks also just in that trailer i was like ooh, the performance but like you know i this definitely what i'm going to keep my eye on um, yeah, there was a couple that looked like they were dropping frames, but also most, if not pretty much all of these are extremely small indie games that are very early in development. And they also so, called out some of these are prototypes. Like in the yeah, beginning. so like, it's like, okay, don't expect too much, but I'm like, okay, yeah, these are cool. I, I'm interested. Yeah. Um, they did a montage at the end. Uh and I, I'll be honest, I forgot some of these games, except for Pocket Wheels, which looked awesome. Yeah, you're playing those little Hot Wheel cars. Yeah, little, little Hot Wheels cars racing around a room. It looked, it looked really cool. Um, uh, Myth Caller, the Nightmare Shaman, also had that sort of like 2D uh, Roboblast 2 uh, Demon Turf look to it. Yeah, that looked neat. Um, Hobo Cat Adventures, which I think is out on Steam, looks cool as well. Um uh, it was in this montage right when around uh, Tire Friend was shown that I was like, oh, so this is what happened to all of the like really creative gameplay idea, like just gameplay soup. This is where that went when Flash died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does have some of those vibes. <laughs> yeah, especially Tire Friend. I was like, oh, this reminds me of some of those like early Flash games I used to play, which is not a bad thing. I love no, those. It's just like, yeah. oh, they, they're they still outlets for people like that to make these sorts of things, and that made me really happy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's all the ones I want to call out specifically. 
Oh, I forgot about Flappy and the Sleepy Planet. That's been kicking around for a while. That showed up. I was like, oh yeah, that game. Um, yeah. So that's cool. It was started off that montage. Um, oh, and Mr. Sleepy Man also has very good um, like Pikmin vibes to it. So Very good that. name. Mr. Sleepy Man. Mr. Sleepy Man. I get it. Um, yeah, overall, this was a really neat little thing. Um, this and Hub World, I, I'm very impressed that like we've had two back-to-back indie 3D platformer showcases. Uh, yeah. They've been like, completely different. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, we talked about um on one of these reports a while back we talked about the state of 3d platformers and how there were some first party games coming out and it seemed like uh platformers were kind of back in swing but platformers never really went out of swing they just uh triple a games just didn't like doing them but indies have always embraced it and it's crazy to see how many nowadays are around absolutely very cool and if you're any of the developers that have that are potentially listening to this, uh, let us know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um, all right, all right. Couple more big news. <clears throat> all right, this is uh, this is going to be one of those ones I'm going to just say I don't know that much about really. I but so we're going to relay this to you. Uh, please look it up on your own if you want. <laughs> to get probably better information, but let's talk about Epic V Apple again. Um, yeah, we'll link the uh, article where we got most of this information, which is the Washington Post. Um, I also looked up another one that was on VentureBee, I believe. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch more information on the internet if you want to look it up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we talked about this a while ago. Uh, seems that this is wrapping up. Um, there might be some more appeals, I think, but... Uh, it seems like, uh, we are done and Apple won most of the lawsuit. Um, I think it was like 10 counts. They won nine of them, except for the one that matters. <laughs> um, yeah, this is pretty big. So the thing that Epic basically has to do now is pay Apple a bunch of money for whatever yep. reason or whatever. Cool. I don't think like either company really needs <laughs> money, so it's probably not a huge issue. No. There's just some pettiness there. Uh, the big thing that Epic won, though, was what they were after, basically. Yup. Um, so, yes, um, developers on the App Store can now have their customers funnel them payments outside of the App Store, uh, meaning they can get around Apple's 30% cut, um, which is pretty big. That's... Uh, that that could be very big for smartphone developers uh, on that platform, um, which uh, you know we talk about how yeah Apple won money from Epic, um, and you know that's going to be a couple million or whatever. This is going to lose them billions. <laughs> yeah, because this basically means that any developer can route their in-app purchases outside of apple's control they'll still need to put their app on the app store because that's the only way you can get apps onto your iphone Mm -hmm. um or your ipad or whatever but any in-app purchases can now go around apple's cut which is that's a big deal um and i you know i presumably again that means more than just games you know um 
I remember trying to get into comics and trying to read them digitally and then getting like the comic book app everybody said to get and then like not being able to get any comics on it because of Apple's thing and they're like oh you have to go buy them through this other service and like do this insane thing um, because they didn't want to share the cut you know and so like presumably that means more stuff like that will become easier to use which is interesting um I yeah this is a this is an interesting one and I got to say I think overall Apple has lost yeah cuz this is this is pretty big I think a lot of um you know a lot of apps will just uh streamline that process add it into their apps to link you to it and then they'll be they'll be making money that way and for the consumer I think this either results in um you know, nothing really changing other than maybe a step or two added to the process or you may have to put it in means... your card information to the developer directly rather than yeah, the app store. But like, yeah, I guess that's something. Um, but it could also mean that developers will lower the cost of these sort of transactions because they don't have to share as much of the profit. So like it ends up equaling about the same but you end up paying less yeah yeah um very interesting i'm, I'm curious to see what the end game of that is <laughs> like i want to know um uh yeah um i also want to see if fortnite gets back on the apple that's app store. a great question i would have guessed not but it just never comes back yeah Oof. um very interesting um i also highly recommend people go look up some of the choice quotes from this trial there's a whole thing in there about where the judge was trying to determine what a video game is and get a definition <laughs> yeah that's a Which whole can of worms <laughs> incredible and epic is trying to argue that fortnite is not a video game it's a part of the metaverse <laughs> Oh my god, this is a mess. It's a whole... It's amazing. And then they talk about, like, the banana character from Fortnite. I'm starting to see why this took, like, a year. Oh my god, it's incredible, y'all. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's something. Um, yeah, definitely go do your own research into that, though. You know, I feel comfortable telling you about showcases and stuff like that. I, the Lego system? I don't know. Which actually is kind of wild, considering I played through all of Judgment, so I should be an expert. You know, I apologize for that. There are court, there are court cases a, in that game. I've played a fair share of detective and court games. I should know. No, yeah, I, don't. I should know. Um, but yeah. All right. Um, you want to tell me about this NVIDIA leak? Yeah, this was a leak from, I assume, just like NVIDIA update, like a um, software update. It's their, like, GeForce Now thing, which is a place where you can update individual drivers for games. I'll be honest, every time I have to use it, I'm annoyed. <laughs> so I never actually, like, look into what it is or what it does for me. Yeah, um, but I think you can, like, optimize certain games further using this system. Um, anyway, there was a list that leaked um, of a bunch of games that are not out or not announced, and... Um, NVIDIA confirmed that it is a real list, but is only used for internal tracking and testing. So there's no guarantee that these games, A, are real, or B, are actually happening. 
Yeah. Um, it and seems... some of them sound very, like, too good to be true, and some of them sound like just pure speculation. Yeah, that's the thing, is this feels like when we get retailer leaks, um, where, you know, you get these leaks and then it turns out, like, no, they just put placeholders in here just in case, so that work's already done. Um, yeah, like Metroid Prime Trilogy getting store pages. Like, yeah, yeah that's just because they thought, eh, maybe it'll happen, and then we just need a location for it. Yep, exactly. And that's what this feels like to me. Because um, there's a bunch of weird stuff in there. Uh, the one thing that raised red flags for me was Dolphin, like the GameCube emulator is in there. Um, which is interesting. Um, you know, stuff that isn't games. There's a couple of programs that are in there. So... Uh, I think it's just a bunch of placeholder stuff. Um, but but I will say, in the same breath, there's stuff in here that is likely, I think, um, either based on speculation or maybe because it is soon happening, and so it would be there. So I do think some of this is probably real, just not all of it, which makes this whole thing a little muddled. Um, yeah, so some of the things that are in here that you're like, okay, this there's no way that's real, is like Kingdom Hearts 4. Okay, that's just pure speculation. Like, right. no way. Like, Titanfall probably 3, same be thing. A Kingdom Hearts 4 one day, but not within the next year. Right? Yeah, so... Um, some of that, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's just... Not, like, Half-Life 2 Remastered, probably not for the foreseeable future. I'm okay with that. Um, but some of the stuff, like uh, Final Fantasy IX Remake, which if it is referencing a remaster and not a remake, then yeah, that sounds possible. Sure. Um, um, final fantasy eight got remastered. So sure. <laughs> like it won't be a full remake. It'll just be the PlayStation one game fixed up. Uh, same with final fantasy tactics, which was also a PS one game. Like I could see square doing that. Right. Because they have done it right. We got that legend of mana game from the ps1 that they just re-released so like like yeah. yeah and the collection of mana and um also on here is a chrono cross remaster like yeah i could see that happening it won't be massive it won't be like a full remake or anything it'll just be re-releasing the ps1 version in better graphics yep um and you know we have a bunch of capcom stuff on here but you know remember capcom had a massive leak of their own where we basically know the games they're making <laughs> Um, for a while now so like this one i'm like okay but we knew this and so i could see somebody at nvidia knowing the same stuff right <laughs> like resident evil 4 remake we know that street fighter 6 yeah probably dragon's dogma 2 that was in that leak um wasn't there know. already a dragon's dogma 2 no there was like a expansion ps4 <laughs> upgrade thing because what's darker risen never mind that's Whatever. the that's the matter. like ultimate version um okay monster hunter 6 which i don't know anything about the numbering of the monster hunter games but sure. yeah because there's like 50 fucking monster yeah. hunter games um you know but that makes sense uh you know we talked about the gta remasters those are in there um and you know we talked about those potentially coming out very soon so like that would be surprised me if that was real right and we just get those announced and i was like yeah there they are um but then when they're placed next to something like Bioshock 2022, it's like, um, yeah, that's sure? placeholder for sure. That's like, there's a new Bioshock game being made and we'll just shove it in here. Um, <laughs> maybe, you know, there's one in here. Like I see you have mirrors edge RTX, 
which I just don't believe. Um, yeah, I mean, Bioshock RTX is also here, and, like, I don't really see that. Yeah, I mean, I could see that over Mirror's Edge. Like, Bioshock's a popular game that did very well that people would rebuy. Um, you know, like Mirror's well, Edge Bioshock is, like, a very already has thing. a remaster, though. It's true. Um, you know, we have Untitled Respawn game, which, sure. Sure, um, why not? <laughs> I believe that. Like, sure, Jedi Fallen Order 2, I'm sure that'll... <laughs> That's what that'll be. Um, Titanfall 3? Look, I'd love a Titanfall 3. I want that more than most of these games we've listed off so far. But I don't think so. You know, it's just... Yeah, so if you look into this... this. If you look into this leak, then don't take it as, like, a fact of things happening. Like, yeah, Bayonetta 3's on here, but don't take that super seriously. Um, You know, to... think about what might happen and there's maybe some evidence but overall i don't think it's super set in stone no yeah i I agree i think this is you know it's very much speculative yeah some of this is probably true most of it's probably not though don't get too excited um yes um and that was the news no big topic today we had too much to talk about but thank you for listening um hope you had fun a lot you know Lots of news in these things. These things keep getting longer and longer. Uh, I'm excited for the next 14 showcases we'll have in the next two weeks, I'm sure. Oh my god, they just keep coming. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll have another one of these for you in two weeks, but in between that, we will have Axiom Verge, our full review of that up. So check that out next week, uh, and then after that, obviously, we'll have Axiom Verge 2. So keep your eye on the feed for those. Uh, if you'd like to follow the show and keep up with updates, you can do that at SaveStationPod on Twitter, uh, which Connor runs. And where can the people find you, Connor? You can find me at ConiferSSR. Uh, just tweet at both of those if you want uh, to contact me. You know, maybe you're a 3D platformer developer and you want someone to talk to. Come talk to me. Yep. Um, where can they find you, Dustin? They can find me at DustinHDragon on Twitter. Um, you know, say hi, say what's up. <laughs> let me, do, let me know. Pictures of of some pets. Yeah, send me your pets. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you next week, and please remember to always be good to each other. Yeah, and take care. Bye. <laughs>